Well, I want to give honor to my wife. She does a great job with our boys, even though they're out of the, most of them are out of the house. She did a great job putting up with them. Uh, my job as a firefighter being gone a lot of times for 24 hours at a time, sometimes 48 hours. It always seemed like the craziest things would happen while I was gone. I remember there was a time when we had a chimney fire at the house and the firefighter's gone. And uh, I get a panic phone call and I'm like, boys, I don't know what to tell you. Just get on the roof and start spraying water. <laughs> and my wife is worried. And there's been times when storms would roll in and fights. Uh, we have put up with a lot with our boys. And I, it's funny that the kids, when they're video today, I heard a lot of, thank you for putting up with the attitudes. Thank you for putting up with us, mom. You put up with a lot. And we thank you, moms, for your patience. Because like my, my wife said, she is, uh, we're sowing seeds. I want to thank my mom. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you, my mother-in-law. Happy Mother's Day to you. Love you both very much. And obviously we owe them a debt of gratitude. I will tell you just a couple of funny stories of things that my wife had to deal with. And, uh, well, I'll, just tell, I'll shorten it to one. I was, the boys were downstairs playing. My wife was working in the church office. And all of a sudden, she hears just this blood-curdling scream, just screaming. And she comes outside of the church office downstairs. And my two boys were playing over here on our rickety, rickety playground that we had. Thank God for the funds to put up a nice, safe playground for our kids. My boys grew up a little bit different. They swung back on that swing over the concrete wall that had jagged edges and uh, sharp pointed objects out of the ground and things that we probably should have been more vigilant to take care of. But uh, she hears this scream and she goes outside and Bryce is standing at the office door and he has just got blood pouring down his face. I mean, it's a lot of blood. And what actually got her out of the office was she heard a loud thud on the door and that was the two bloody handprints on the door when he slapped the door. And then, where's your brother? I don't know, but I'm going to kill him. Younger brother got mad at older brother, hauled off. He was a pitcher at the time. Even though he was a small pitcher, he knew how to throw strikes. And he saw that head, and he reared back and hit his brother in the head like Samson. Or, I'm sorry, like uh, Goliath. And a uh, preacher, get your stories right. He reared back, and he didn't have a sling, but he threw it, and he hit that giant of a brother square in the forehead, and blood started going everywhere. And uh, then it was a, a, we were trying to find younger brother. He ran and hid. And uh, we finally found him. But that's you're dealing with normal, everyday people when you deal with us. Yes, we, we have had fights. We've had times at the house where we had to have a come-to-Jesus meeting and uh, get everything reset, get back in line. But thank God for his hand of direction upon us as parents just to lead and guide our children in the way they should go. And parents, I'll tell you the same thing. Just always take a breath. Lean on God heavily at times. <laughs> Lean on Him very strongly and heavily because you will face some things, and that is a fact. All right, uh, one other thing I'd like to mention right over here to my right, if it's your first time here today, we have a room where we'd like to tell you about the next steps. We're glad that you're here today, and we're glad that you are part of worship, and you're thinking, well, what is next? Well, we want to tell you about our pillars class. We want to tell you about the next things that you would uh, need to do. And uh, just some things that we have lined out. And just find out about, about what is next, okay? And we'd love to meet you in there and just shake your hand and just uh, get to know you just a little bit better. Better than, hey, man, 
hey girl, because I want to get to know your name, and so many others do too. There's so many people here. We're, we're a friendly church, and uh, you're going to get a lot of hugs and a lot of handshakes, and uh, we love each other. We're a family. We're going to get a little bit uh, more involved in the Word of God here in a minute, and I know it's going to spark a little bit of an amen here and there, but don't let yourself get too settled in right now because God has got something for someone here today. He's got a lot for a lot of someones here today. So you may be wondering, why am I here today? Well, some of you are here today because it's Mother's Day. And you are coming here to honor your mother. <clears throat> I will tell you today, there's somebody, obviously we know this. We know that there's one greater that deserves more honor than any father, any mother, any man on earth, any woman. So I'm glad that you're here today to honor your mother. I'm glad that you showed up today to be here with her. Uh, I know many of you may attend another church somewhere else. Get involved heavily with your church. Show up to your church. Be there every time the doors are open. You know, the Bible does tell us and teach us exactly what we are to do. And he does say in his word that he said we are to, to honor him and keep the Sabbath holy. Not keep the Sabbath busy because we can all be too busy to come to the house of God and to worship the name of God and to lift him up. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Not to keep it busy. All right, I'll get off my soapbox on that. But listen, you need your family. These mothers and all the sacrifices that they've made, why is there such a, a joy in a, in a home? Because it's, a, it's time together as a family. Time together having the mother, the father, whoever the guardian is. Sometimes it may be a grandmother. Sometimes it may be a grandfather. But whoever it is, if you are the leader of your home and your children, those that are underneath you at your house, Take the time. Be, have a closeness. And that closeness that we have at home, we need to likewise have it here in the house of God. You need to have people that you can call on, text, reach out to in your time of trouble, in your time of weakness. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. All right. If you've got your Bibles, I would like for you to just turn to the book of Esther. And I want to just talk to you for a few minutes. Uh, I know sometimes I, I stand up here and I say, preach to you for a few minutes, talk to you for a few minutes, speak to you for a few minutes, and I know everybody's like, what are the difference? I don't know the difference, but sometimes I say speak to and talk to and preach to. But I will tell you this, I do believe God has given me a word for, here's where we got to be careful today. It's Mother's Day, so you're thinking, okay, great, we're going we're gonna to have a sermon that really is focused on the mothers and the ladies and we are going to focus on the mothers and the ladies. But I'll tell you what, men, be smart enough to pull out of this sermon exactly what you need. And I'm going to tell you what, it's going to speak to me. It's already spoken to me. It's going to speak to you, men. It's going to speak to any young adult that's in here. And uh, we're going to get into the Word of God. And I know it's going to touch everyone here. So let's pray right now that that happens. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today with a humble heart. And I ask you, Lord, that you would stir us up. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's powerful. And I thank you, Lord, that it makes us better each and every day. And I ask you, Lord, that you would just prick our hearts today. Let conviction fall on this place. Let us receive your words and let it better us so that we can reach this community, reach our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's go to Esther chapter 1. And I'm going to read just one verse. 
verse 19. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, that Vashti, who is the queen at the time, is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Never. Also let the king give her royal position to someone else who is better than she. How in the world are we going to go from that and flip that around and turn that around and brag on the ladies? <laughs> what are we, Because this king is saying right here, I want to strip her of her royalty and I want to find somebody that's better than her. Okay, so we've got to be asking ourselves, what happened? I know that many of you read your Bible all the way through every year, and I want to congratulate you for that. But many of you may not have been in the book of Esther for some time, so you may have forgotten or you may not even know the story of Esther and what came about. And it's a mighty, mighty powerful story. And there's so many of these stories in the Bible that if we will pay attention, if we will listen to the Word of God, He is showing us exactly how we need to live him. King Xerxes was a powerful king. He was a ruler over 127 provinces. So if you can imagine a ruler over, say, maybe 127 counties. Cherokee County, big county. Lots of territory. Lots of square miles in Cherokee County. We've got a gentleman here in our church today that he's over a certain area of Cherokee County in maintenance, in road maintenance. And if you need something, call his Assistant manager, don't call him. But I'm sure he gets a lot of phone calls. But even in a large county, taking care of a section of a large county is a huge deal uh, in, in and of itself. But we're speaking about somebody who was over basically like 127 counties, provinces. And so this man had a lot of territory that he was over. This king, King Xerxes. I wanted to just... I, tell you how powerful this man was. So there came a time in King Xerxes' reign, I believe it was three years in, where he spent, or they took 180 days, where he basically just was showing everyone all of his wealth, all of his majesty, and all of his glory. Okay, we're talking about a man who had, if you'll read your word, there were things like, a, the garden had hangings of white and blue linen fastened with cords of white linen, purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. I want you to hear this. I didn't give you all this scripture. Don't be, don't be worried. There were, couches, there were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of marble and mother of pearl and other costly stones. Anybody in here can raise your hand and say, yes, I know how you feel because I've got a couch that's made out of gold and silver. I don't feel like that would be comfortable. <laughs> Appreciate you wanting to give me a gold couch, but I would prefer to have my lazy boy. <clears throat> you can tell you're getting older when you're like my wife and I. We bought each other Mother's and Father's Day gifts this year. And where did we go shopping? We didn't go to the place where you could buy new shoes, new jeans. No, we went to the Lazy Boy Gallery in Tyler. And we, we dropped some serious cash on some comfortable chairs. We're getting older. It's okay. I need a comfortable chair. And who better to sit by than my beautiful wife where I can just reach over there and hold her hand. Can I get an amen, Matt? 
We love our wives, and I love being with her every chance I get to be with her. So King, King Xerxes, he, he throws this uh, banquet. At the end of the 180 days, he throws a seven-day banquet. And at the end of the banquet, he is uh, serving like in goblets of gold, unlimited wine. He's given the best of everything. But on the last day of the banquet, he calls for the queen to come and join him because she is actually given her own little ladies retreat get together. Thank God for the ladies retreat. That just happened. All the ladies, did you have a good time? All right. I think there was about 50 ladies that went and uh, just getting closer to God. It's a great time. If you missed it this year, be sure and sign up next year. Be a part of that. So she's get, she had her ladies retreat going on and he's got his seven day banquet and many, many people are invited and at the end of the banquet, he invites he, Queen Vashti to be with him at the banquet at the end. What does she do? As a great queen should, she just comes running in there and saying, thank you for that. No. She disses him. And she says, I will not be in attendance. I will not show up. And, and this was a lovely woman. The Bible says she was lovely to look at. She was pretty. And so she disses him in front of everyone. And she says, I'm not coming. I'm not going to show up. So now you kind of get why, when I read that first little small verse, when he says, I would, if you don't mind, I'd like to uh, replace her and find somebody better than her. So now we kind of get why he's feeling this way. I want you to go with me to Esther uh, 1, and let's read verse 12. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious, and he burned with anger. Now, what he did was he went to his wise men. His wise men. I want you men to be careful who you go to for advice when you feel like, you know what, I'm getting kind of tired of the old ball and chain. I'm getting kind of tired well, of the 40-year-old, and maybe I'd like to trade her in for a couple of 20-year-olds. I mean, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting kind of fed up, and we've been married a long time, and it's really weighing on me heavily. I'm going to go consult my wise men, my buddies at work, and I'm going to tell them all about everything I'm having to deal with. Men, have you ever heard a bad story about a divorce and in the, or what's going on and what's going to happen and the reason why I need to trade her in and take her to the used car lot, the used wife lot? Have you ever heard a man say, I tell you what, it's all me. I'm the problem. It's all me. I messed up. No. You never get the true story. It's always going to be the man saying, she's crazy. She's a nut. She's horrible. She won't, won't, won't. She will not. She will not. Be careful who you go to, men. Be careful who you go to, women, on the wise men and who you're consulting. Because they were immediately saying, it's time to get rid of her. It's time to get rid of her. We're going to kick her out. I'm not saying it wasn't the right move, but all I'm saying is you need to be careful who you consult with and who you go to. The first one you need to go to is God Almighty. And you need to pray, pray, pray. All right, I want to read some more. Esther chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. According to the law, what must be done to Queen Vashti? He asked. 
she has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. Then Mamukin replied in the presence of the king and, and the nobles, Queen Vashti has done wrong not only against the king but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women. In her conduct, they were speaking of how she just said, No, I will not do what you asked me, king. I will not show up, and I will not be a part of what you, don't want, what you want me to be a part of. And so they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come. This very day, the Persian and Med Median women of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. Can somebody look at your neighbor and say influence? Influence. There will be no end of the disrespect and discord. Ladies, men, all of us here today, you have influence. This queen had powerful influence. And I know my wife spoke about this already, about how there's seeds that we plant. And there's words that we can say. And it can be good, it can be bad, but I'm telling you, either way, it's influence. And there are many people around you. You work with many people. You have, some of you have large families. And much, some of you are influencers. You know, that's a thing now to be an influencer on Facebook are on YouTube and there are people that make money and they influence and they pull out this phone and they take selfies and they take videos and they do TikToks and they do whatever and they're influencing people around them be careful what you're putting out there to the to the world be careful what you are putting out. And then even more importantly, I will say be careful what you are watching and what you are letting influence you. Men, are you listening to a man who's giving you bad advice? Are you listening to a preacher online who is, appears to be preaching the word of God, but you don't know it because you don't read it? Women, same thing. Are you listening to a minister, a preacher online, and he's preaching the word of the word of God, but you don't double check it. You don't go back and study. You don't go and read it, but you feel good because I listened to a sermon today. I listened to this today. I'm putting good stuff. Are you putting good stuff in you? Most likely you are, but you need to get into this word yourself. This word is powerful, but you've got to get it. You've got to read it. Be careful what you're putting out there to the world. The mouth speaks and the fingers tweet. And I will tell you what. Some of us need to put a, a brake check on what we're putting out and spewing and vomiting and just hatred and things that go out from our mouth. If you're mad, put your phone down. And go out to the back 40. Go out to the backyard. Pace around. Breathe. Think about it. If you're mad at the world. If you're mad at your husband. If you're mad at your wife. And you're like, it's Mother's Day. But I feel like I need to just hammer somebody right now. Don't do it here. I promise you, you will regret 
the words that you put out there. And then it's, it looks so, you're having to apologize in front of all of your friends. Men, women, hear me today. Be careful what you're putting out there. Be careful what you're taking in. Influence is a mighty, mighty, powerful thing. So guys, now we start to see where the king was at, where he was at mentally. Now listen, I feel like he had a right to be angry. We do have a right to be angry, but we also need to know that just because we're bold enough to say some things doesn't mean that we should say some things. Men, God programmed us to be different. We're strong. We're powerful. We're fighters. We are the ones that run into danger. We are the ones that run into harm's way. We are the ones that grab the ladies and say, step back, I got this. And we are just programmed to be sometimes just angry. What is wrong with you today, honey? I'm angry. Why? Did I do something? No, I'm just angry. I don't know why. And you're turning green. And you're starting to get bulged out in places. And you're, you're just, you're like uncontrolled Hulk anger. You know, it's so true, us men. I said I was going to really focus on the women, but I am saying a lot to the men today. <laughs> women, you're welcome. You're welcome. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to the ladies. Let's, let's just hammer on the men for a second. Listen, it's so true. We watched, we've all, how many, you've seen the Hulk movie. My, my boys, my, they loved it. One of them had to have Hulk hands. He was so excited. We brought, he saved up his money. We, we bought the Hulk hands. He could hit them together. And it made noises and crashes. Man, we are exactly like that. We can't even speak when we get mad. Just like the Hulk. Hulk, what's wrong? Hulk angry. What is it, Hulk? What do you need? Hulk mad. Hulk angry. Unrestrained Hulk anger is not good. It is dangerous to your family, to your marriage, to yourself. You may be locked up. You may put in, be put in the county jail. And you may be having to have some visitation hours when you let your unrestrained Hulk anger get out of hand. But what we must have is we've got to have a righteous indignation. A hate for sin and the real issue which is the devil and how he comes against us and he comes to steal, kill and destroy and when I've got somebody that's after me and my family and they want to steal from my family, they want to kill my family and they want to destroy my family, guess what? Jeremy angry Jeremy mad Listen, I need some mothers and I need some fathers. If you're in this place right now and you want to join with me, why don't you stand up and just say a little hand praise, a little praise break, and let's just say, I will stand with my family. Come on now. I don't want to, I'm not preaching to a bunch of people that we're going to just sit by and just let the devil steal our family, kill our relationships. And put us in the ground and bury us and kill us and say, hate your luck. You're going to hell and you're coming with me. None of you are that person. 
None of you are that person. But I want to stir something up in you today to where you realize I will be a fighter. I will stand up. I will read my word. I will pray to my, my heavenly Father. I will seek His face and what He has for me. I will seek His will. And I will be the one who is a good influence on my family. There's no bad teams. There's only bad leaders. I'm speaking to the leaders here today. Mothers, I'm speaking to you today. Fathers, I'm speaking to you today. No bad teams, bad leaders. So be the one who's going to be a good leader. Many of you are outstanding on the sports field. Many of you are outstanding at work. You can make dollars come out of nothing. You can manage people. You can, your, your employees, would, if we could talk to your employees that come to us today, or people that you work with, they would say, best boss ever. When we have boss's day or secretary's day or manager's day or whatever it is, we buy them the greatest gifts. We love them. We cherish them. They are so amazing. They'll bend over backwards for us. They'll do anything for us. We love coming to work. Would your children say the same thing? Would they say, I love going home because it's a place of peace. It's a place where I can learn. It's a place where there is love. Would your parents, would your children say the same thing? Would your children have a better chance of going to heaven if they lived in another home? We have to ask ourselves that. We have to say, would my children have a better chance at a life that is focused on God and not the world if they lived in another house. I know that I'm speaking kind of straight on a loving, happy Mother's Day, and we're going to get back to that. We can joke and have fun, but I'm going to tell you what. we got to keep the main thing the main thing. I'm going to tell you this. I have to say it for myself. This is for me as a pastor. Will you ever feel like you are good enough and perfect enough to stand in a place of being in leadership where you can just help people? You will never feel like you are perfect. But let me tell you what you can do. You can join yourself to the one who is perfect. And in your imperfection, you will step out there. And when you might have a limp... He can help you and be with you and help you to still move forward and to walk and to lead. I would rather follow after somebody who's going in the same direction with a limp, but they're going in the same direction, but I can follow them and I'm okay because that one with the limp is also hand in hand with God. And he is saying, I may not have it all together, but children, I need you to follow me. I may not have it all together, but wife, I need you to follow me. Children, follow me. I know I'm limping and I know I'm hurting and I know I'm not perfect, but I'm telling you what, I am following after the one who is perfect. But where we mess up is we feel I'm not perfect, I can't be perfect, and therefore I cannot lead. You can lead and not be perfect. You tie yourself to the one who is perfect. We've got to have a righteous stance against sin. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. So it is possible to be angry and not sin. I want to talk to you a little bit right now. Change the subject. World War II. Hitler. I know some of y'all probably think, well, he's just his mind. He's just, he, squirrel, squirrel. I want us to think about right now Hitler and World War II and this evil, evil tyrant. And everything that he was bringing, he was trying to just 
completely destroy an entire race and races of people. It wasn't just the Jews. He was after many people. And he was out to exterminate. Do you know what it means to exterminate? What do we do when we call the Orkin man? What happens when I call Terminix? What happens when I call uh, someone to spray the church? We get rid, kill every bug. Kill every ant. I don't want to see one roach. I don't want to see a mouse. I don't want to I kill them all. How many of you, you join with me and you're like, yeah, that's, I don't want any bugs in my house. And I will, whew, I have been on a mission for the last three months. God help anybody in here if you ever get this thing called pantry moths. Is anybody, can you raise your hand? Anybody ever had a pantry moth? I don't know. I, I took, my wife is my witness. I took every single item out of our pantry. It ended up being a lot. Wiped it down with alcohol. Set it outside. Went in there. Shut the door. Turned the lights on. And began to just be like, huh, huh, huh. I read about it. Wiped down every counter. Alcohol. And I'm like, I have exterminated the pantry moths. They are, there's no way there's a pantry moth in here. A few days goes by, I walk in there and I'm, I can't even go in the pantry and get some chips or something because I'm so worried about these stupid moths. Walk in there, look up there, I'm like, oh my God. Of course, it makes a smudge. I got to get up there, got to wipe that off. I have been dealing with for three months, probably. If anybody ever deals with this, just come to me because I think I found the trick. But I'm going to just tell you what. Extermination is getting rid of everything. So Hitler, he wanted to do that. It was an amazing time for men and women to come together and to fight the evil that was so rampant in the world, in that part of the world. And so the men fought. The men got out there and fought. I will tell you this. I was doing some research, and there were actually some women who, was in, who were involved with some of the planes, and they learned how to fly the planes, and they were able to fly planes that they built and flew them across the ocean in some different places and flew them through enemy hostile territory. And some of the ladies, they weren't out there. It doesn't sound like to me from my research that they were out there and dropping bombs, but they were delivering planes, and the, the women fueled it. Okay, so women, today I'm telling you, your prayers, your being there with the family, backing up your husband, being there for, for your children. Let me tell you, your prayers and your efforts and your work, it is fuel. It is fuel for that family unit. I want to show you some pictures of, of some of the things that happened and went on in this time. And these ladies, these are ladies that were housewives that were in clerical positions. They were in, t in areas where they didn't really know how, wh what is a, a socket set? I don't know. What is a crescent wrench? What is whatever, just a tool. And you say the name of it, and a man says, oh, yeah, I got two of those. I, and go to the next picture. So these ladies, it's just, I, I love the fact that they're, they're dressed conservatively. They weren't going to work in halter tops and... Uh, booty shorts and tights, a whole nother lesson there and a whole nother message. But ladies, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with being conservative. There's nothing wrong with hiding from the rest of the world what we don't want to see in your bathroom, okay? You don't have to show it at Walmart. We don't need to see every crease and fold. All right, next picture. 
beautiful ladies work. What were they doing? They were supporting and fueling the war effort. They were backing their men up. They were there in prayer, in work. Next picture. This is a shipyard. This is a ship where these ladies were working, and they were just working and working. Eight, nine, ten, twelve, fourteen hours a day. Why were they working so hard? Because they knew there was an effort going on. They knew there was a war going on. Their husbands were out there. They couldn't call them on the phone. They couldn't FaceTime them. All they could do was write a letter, fold it up, put it in the snail mail, and send it out and pray to God that there was a response on the letter coming back saying, I'm still alive. I'm still here for you. I'll be home for the children. And just pray. These women made us extreme, huge sacrifice for their, their husbands and their men and their children. Next picture. Some of them coming out of a, a shipyard where they were working in a government complex. These ladies, you will be amazed at what you can do with enough help and enough work. This is exactly why you need to tie yourself to a church body. I can't lead my family because I'm not perfect. I can't lead my family because I got this limp and I got this hitch in my get-along. I, I can't. But if you'll show up and be a part, it's, I know it's tough for some of you to be, to be a part of. Women, men alike, we're so, we're so antisocial. We don't want to be a burden to someone. I don't want to have to call you and... And have to tell you my issue or my problem. I don't want to call you and just say, hey, can you pray for me? I don't want to have to ask for help. Men, women, we're the same. Somebody says, hey, if you ever need anything, call me. Nobody calls anybody. The only time we're going to show up is if like there's a tornado that rips through a community. And all of a sudden, all the help just floods in and shows up. Nobody called for help, but we showed up. So you need to be a part of a group that can work together be together, look at you in the face and see you and look at you in the eye and say, you look like you're a little bit different. Everything okay? Yeah, everything's okay. Okay, I'll take that. I know it's not. I'm going to be praying for you. I want you to know I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lift you up in prayer. And I'm going to, you don't have to tell me. Just know I'm praying for you and I love you, brother. Just know I'm praying for you and I love you, sister. And I don't want to know everything. I don't need to know everything. But we're here for you and we love you. We want to say we're family. We want to say we're a church family. Let's act like it. Let's act like it. I'm going to tell you this. I got a family at my house. I got two boys, three boys. I got a bonus. And we say we're a family, right? When they were all living at home, you know what? When the door opened up, it was open for them to come home at night. I expected my family to show up and come home. I expected them to show up and come home. If we're a family, we got to act like it. This is the house of God. The, the word of God says to remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. We've got to remember that we have got to be a part of something bigger than us because we are not big enough. We are not strong enough. We are weak. We are sinful. We are prideful. We are all of the wrong things without God and without our church body to be here to lift us up and bring us through and raise us up so that we can in turn lead our family. They need it. Those kids downstairs, they need leadership. We have got to be the husband, the mother. 
these women, it was amazing. That a B-24 bomber, how many would just guess on how long it takes to build a B-24 bomber? At the time of the war, when the war effort began, it was taking about three months, and they had about fourteen to 15,000 people working in the factories in the, uh, the factories to make a, a B-24 bomber. This is the one I researched, okay? At the end of the war effort, with as many as like, I want to say like 30 to, I think it was around 50,000, and they were not all ladies, but between around 45 to 50,000 men and women, half of them were women. I'm talking about people, these are ladies who are like, oh, you need a cake? A yellow cake with chocolate frosting? Gotcha, baby. We can whip that up. I can do that. Uh, say what? You need a, a, a spanner, you need a crescent wrench and a, and a bolt and a couple of nuts and you, and, and a, you need a, wel- a, what's a welding rod? Say what? I don't know what you're talking about. But they, they were willing to learn and to work and to learn something new. Oh, come on now. Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to open up and let something new come in your life? Same old thing, same old results. It's time for something new. It's time for you to open up this instruction booklet and read and say, what am I doing wrong? I've been alive for 55 years. I'm 65 years old. I'm whatever years old. And I am the same person that I was when I was 16. I'm no different. I'm as hateful. I'm as honoring. I'm as prideful. I'm as sinful as I ever was in my entire life. Yes, I do have some good days. And sometimes I have good weeks. Sometimes, year to year, I have good months. But I still am in a downward spiral It seems like every day. You might need to try something else. These ladies were, it was amazing. They learned how to weld. They learned how to put things together. They learned about internal combustion engines and how to do certain things with motors that need to be done, which I can't say that I know all that stuff. And they were able to turn out a B-24 bomber, not in three months, but one per hour. One per hour. I didn't believe it myself when I heard it. I had to research it myself, and I may have gotten lied to on the Internet. But I tell you what, they, they did a whole lot faster than three months. But the, the, it says that they were turning out a B-24 one per hour. Now, that was instead of 14,000 workers, there's 50,000 workers. So there you go. But I tell you what, it was a massive amount of work that was going on. So like I said, there needs to be a... a an anger that rises up in us when sin is coming against our family. Ladies, when sin is coming against your girls. Listen, it's not... I'll just go old school on everybody here for a little bit. It is not okay for a 12-year-old girl to be so scantily clad and made up with the red light district makeup so that a man who is 40 years old who is not right in his mind... And he has some bad tendencies, and he needs to be locked up and put in prison. But you place your 12-year-old out there and say, here, can you drive her to, can you, honey, I'll see you later. We're going to drop you off at the fair. Oh, son, y'all just go have fun at the movies. You look like, you know, and that is not leadership. Leadership, men, women. 
It's okay. We are not called to be their best friends. It's okay for you to step up and say, uh, <clears throat> I need you to go back and, and go get you, your mom jeans on for me, please. I, I'm going to need you to go, go get them bell bottoms on. I like them a lot better than that mini. It, it, your children need the leadership. They need it. There has to be something that rises up in you, though, and it has to rise up in all of us, and we say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no. <clears throat> Sir, you're not going to go into the restroom with my daughter. Now listen, you say, it's not here. We're far removed from that. Maybe that's in New York City. Maybe that's in Oregon or Seattle. Let's go to the liberal areas of the country. These ladies went on a ladies' retreat. I, I told my wife when I heard this last night, I said, oh, thank God I wasn't there. I think I really would have gone, I, I really handled the situation and gotten away with it. Or I would have gone to jail. I'd have been fine with going to jail. Be like, you know what? At least I went to jail for something honorable. Was it you and who walked out? Lexi? Lexi and Carissa walked out of a restroom, a ladies' restroom in Dallas. Was that y'all went to the Dallas area, Grapevine Mills area? They're walking out, and in walks a thing that says he's a, a woman. Uh, no, I can't help you. Can't even. I, I can't even. I can't make myself. She. He, he said he was a woman, and he's walking in, and they missed it. But he was about to go in there and do his business while they were in there. And he did. He went in there. Were there any other ladies that were still in there? It don't matter. Some of them could have walked in after them. Some of our other ladies might have walked in, didn't even know it. And they're, hey, listen, there's a thing called concealed carry. If you feel like you need to carry a gun with you, carry a gun with you. Protect yourself. But that is happening. And there needs to, we cannot be the church that just doesn't, we don't show up for church, we don't pray, we don't, we just sit back, we're on coast cruise mode. Listen, we need a lot of people showing up, praising God. Why? Not for a big church. Not for a big church. We need to be the army. We have got to be the army of 50,000 women who were putting together a B-24 bomber in one hour. We have got to be the church of today. We cannot sit back and put it on cruise control and say, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will pray somebody through deliverance. Somebody will go baptize today. Somebody will go out and work and, and go to the prison and go to the prison ministry. Somebody else is going to do this. Somebody's going to get on these two vans. I'm going to put it out there right now. I need $20,000 to buy a brand new van for this church. I have got two 15-passenger vans. The church, not me, has two 15-passenger vans out here. And we go trip, trip, trip. And the drivers are stressed out. And they don't know what to do. What are we going to do? We need another van. We need a bus. We need these things. Why? Because we had 139 or 140 kids coming to church on a Wednesday night. And we... Fine. Not everybody can get in that van and drive it. I get it. Sometimes it's funky. I've been there. I've driven that van. 
But I'm going to tell you what, there's some that can do something. And if you can't do something, give something. It's called time, talent, and treasure. you got talent. You've got time. And some have got treasure. But I'm going to tell you what, we're going to reach this community come hell or high water. If we have to make 15 trips in vans, we're going to make it work. But I'm going to tell you what, we need that right now. We've got to have something that rises up in us and we say, I will not stand by while my country, while my, my biblical beliefs, the things that I would stand up and die for, we'll stand up and die for them, but we won't live day to day to day for them. You see, Esther could have been angry with her circumstances. Many of you have not been dealt the perfect de- deck of cards And you say, I didn't have the father. I didn't have the mother. I didn't have all the things you had, Jeremy. It's easy for you to stand up there and preach to people. You probably had this and you probably had that. Excuses. Come on. I could could give you lots of excuses why I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You've got excuses. I've got excuses. And we know what they do. They all stink. (laughs) Esther had excuses. Her excuses, they stink. They stunk. She was orphaned. She lost her mother. She lost her father to death. She was taken in by her cousin, Mordecai. One more picture I want to show here. This was just a painting. I thought that was a good picture. Boy, I got some, do I have some women here today that you, you can, anybody, come on, show that, show it, show it. Come on, ladies, come on, give me a double. Look at these biceps. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Hey, while it's still up here, show it, because eventually it's going to be down here. (laughs) Hey, and that's okay. That's okay, because that's called a tricep. And you just, when it it flips around and goes to the other side of the arm, you say, look at my tricep. (laughs) I had a bicep for a long time. Now I got a big tricep. The king requested the presence of Esther. And and the king wanted her to be a part of his court. He was impressed by her. She was beautiful. I'm going to tell you this. When the king is calling, when you hear the king calling, when you hear the voice of God, when when you have that spirit rise up in you and you know that you're feeling the presence of God, when the king is calling, you need to answer. Let's read Esther chapter 2 verses 8 through 9. I'm moving along. I'll move quicker. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many girls were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. Don't get sidetracked there. The girl pleased him and won his favor. Immediately he provided her with her, with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven maids selected from the king's palace and moved her and her maids into the best place in the harem. Men, take notes. (laughs) Take notes. He supplied her with her beauty treatments. Today is Mother's Day. If you have failed to get your wife or your mother something, go home, get you a post-it note and write on there, I owe you some beauty treatments. There was six months of oil and myrrh, six months of perfume and cosmetics. He poured it on her. He poured it on her. He was the king. I'm telling you, there's somebody that needs to hear this today. If you will, 
Answer the king when he's calling. He's calling you. He's calling you. I know it's Mother's Day, but men, women, he's calling you today. He's saying, come into my court. Be a part of this something that's greater than you. I have couches of gold. I've got goblets of gold. I've got blessing. I've got peace. I've got deliverance. I've got all of these things that you so much need in your life. And if you will come, if you will come, I'm calling you. And you will say, yes, I'll be here. He will give you the beauty treatments that you need to beautify your soul. To beautify your soul and your spirit. God is saying to someone today, you are important to Him. You are loved and you are needed for such a time as this. You are needed for such a time as this. It was a dangerous time when Hitler was trying to exterminate the Jews and so many others. And those women were needed for such a time as that. And they were needed for that. God needs you men. God needs you women. He needs all of us. He needs us. We've got a baptism that's going to take place here in a few minutes. Jerry Michael, if you would, um, go ahead and start making your way to the back. Uh, you're going to want to go probably all the way around to this door over here. And I want to just give praise to God for another one. We uh, that's right, and we baptized two this morning. Let's just praise God for two more this morning. Let me just tell you how this works. When you're given an opportunity to talk to somebody about what God has done for you, you never know what it will do. You have got to have it always on the tip of your tongue that God changed me. God rearranged me. God's, God is working on me. Many of you don't want to give a testimony because you, can, you can't give a testimony that said, God changed my life. I'm a new person. I'm a new creature in Christ. You can't give that testimony. But what testimony can you give? Can you give a testimony that God's working on me? God is working on me. I'm so much better than what I was just two days ago. Just two days ago, God's working on me. Somebody needs to hear a two-day-old testimony. I love the fact that we got some old heads in here. We're like, I've been living for the Lord since I was a four-year-old, and I'm 64. 60 years of righteous living. I hadn't messed up one time. You know, well, uh, uh, am I in the church? You get lightning hit on me. <laughs> Thank God for some old heads that have that long-standing God changed my life testimony but also thank God for a person who can say man two days ago I was high two days ago I was shooting up two days ago I was so drunk I couldn't even see the light fixture I mean I was just drunk and I know I'm not there yet but I know God is changing me and I feel something in my heart I know he's going to change me I know it I'm going to stick with him I'm not going to quit because somebody is counting on me to go to work to go to work, to do it day after day after day and provide fuel for the war effort. The king is wanting to elevate you. The king is wanting to elevate you. Later on, we, we find out that Mordecai hears of a plot to kill the king and he tells Esther. Because now Esther is in a place where she's got some influence. She's in the king's court and the king loves her and that's his queen. He tells of this and, and Esther tells the king. And the, and the king's life is saved. And the two that were conspir conspiring to kill the king, they were hung. But does anybody know this is the truth? When you, evil loves company. 
Evil loves company. And so be careful. Be very careful who you're hanging around with. I know we've got to be careful what we're putting out there, what we're putting in us. But we've also got to be careful who we're hanging around, who we're with. Evil loves company. You can read about that in your Bible. It's, it's so many scriptures on that about watching who you are with and who you're around. Mordecai was elevated in the kingdom as I would want to elevate anybody who saved my life if I was a king. And so he elevates Mordecai in the kingdom. And like I said, evil loves company. And so some of those same ones that wanted to kill the king, they have like a little friendship going along with themselves. And they know each other. And there's that group and that clique that run with each other. And there was a man called Haman. Haman hated Mordecai. Haman knew because Mordecai had just said, you know what, forget it. I'll just tell everybody I'm a Jew. And, ha and Haman hated this. He, we got to have that. We're going to need that. Haman hated the fact that Mordecai was a Jew, and he hated the fact that he was elevated in the kingdom. He hated the fact that he wasn't elevated in the kingdom. He wanted to be somebody. And Mordecai was immediately hated by Haman. And he's greatly troubled. And he calls upon Queen Esther for help. Praise team, y'all need to come on up here. I thank, I thank the Lord for a great team of people that can worship God on these instruments. He's a mighty, mighty God. He's blessed us with so much. We're so grateful for everything he's blessed us with. So he calls Esther and he says, we're going to need some help. We've got to have your help. I want to read to you Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, and I'm, I'm getting ready to close. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. He said, if you, if you remain silent, the help is going to come from somewhere else. But you and your father's family will perish. So I'll tell you this today. You better get up and fight whether you got a limp or not. Because there will be those that perish. There will be those that are lost. There will be ones that lose out. There will be ones that die. And like he said here in this, in this word, you either get up and help us and pray that God is with you or you just say, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Because he says, you, you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but yet you have come to royal position. God has put each and every one of us, you don't even realize where you're at right now. You feel like you're not in a great place. God has ordained this. God has put you in the right spot, in the right family, in the right job, in the right position to have influence. And who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. Men, why are you at where you're at? Women, why are you in that spot? Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. Because I will tell you what, church, fasting and prayer is powerful. It will move heaven. It will move God. 
when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. She got that boldness in her. Let's all stand. I'm about to dismiss this. Jerry Michael's family we upgraded our equipment the other day and it's not going to show on the screen so if y'all would just start making your way follow Jeremy Pate here he's going to lead y'all up and y'all could be back here for this baptism what we're going to hear out here is we're going to hear a lot of rejoicing and we're going to praise God with them when he goes down in that watery grave and he comes up a new creature in Christ let's praise God for another one let's praise God for another one Praise God, praise God. I had a story that I didn't share with you. If y'all would just bring it down just a little bit. While they're getting ready, I just want to share with you this quick story. Mad. Mothers against drunk driving. The way that that all started was with a young lady who lost her life, if they'll put that picture up there, the picture of the softball player, 13 years old, and she's walking down the street with her friend to go to a church carnival, and a man drinking and driving hits her, knocks her 125 feet down the road, and leaves her for dead. Does He leaves the scene, and that mother was mad. She was mad. And she said, I will have a righteous indignation. I can't go, I'm not, I can't kill that man. I can't impose judgment and justice on that man. All I can do is do what I can do and I can pray. And now that group, they get around $40 million a year for funding. And DWIs have gone down by 50%. It's socially unacceptable now to, to drink and drive. But here's what I will say with this story. Even though it's socially unacceptable, still do it. Still do it. It is not acceptable. You can take that down. It's not acceptable to sin and do the things that we feel like are okay because we just want to do what we want to do. It's, it's not. We can't get around it. It's not that it's like my opinion and it's not like this is what I feel like you need to do. We don't have an opinion. I cannot say it's my opinion that marriage is between one man and one woman. That, that, that all of these things that the Bible tells us to do. It's not my opinion. I don't have an opinion. This is my opinion. This is, this is it. It's like the bumper sticker. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. No, God said it. That settles it. God said it. That settles it. There's no. I, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. It settles it. So I want every one of us today as we're here and they're about to baptize in there in just a second and we'll, we'll pause for that because I, I want to hear it. I may not can see it, but we can at least hear it. And we'll praise God for one more. But before that happens, where you're at, where you're standing today, you don't have to come to the front, but where you're standing today, lift your hands as they're singing and praising God right now. And let's say, God, give me a righteous indignation for sin. Help me, Lord, to be the person that says, I want to be a part of of the war effort. 
I want to be a part in this war, in this battle against sin and the devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy my family. I want to be a part of that. Sign me up. Let me be a part of the group, of the battle, because I want to fight. I want you to sing that song one time through. Y'all ready? Sing this song one time through, Lexi, and let's pray that prayer for each and every one of us. Pray it. They're going to baptize Jerry Michael Norton in the lovely name of Jesus. You're going to hear it. You're going to hear it. Praise God. Praise God. Jerry, upon the confession of your faith and obedience to the Word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 